Check, 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 check. Hey, guys, was there a trade deadline today? I hadn't noticed. <laughs> Neither did Rob Polenko, if that makes you feel any better. <laughs> he was at Disneyland. <laughs> He's like, what? It passed? Rob Polenko and I have had the same exact day when it comes to the NBA. We did nothing. <laughs> Man, the trade deadline is officially over, and we have a bunch of trades to talk about. I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Woo, feeling good, feeling great today. Man, I'm feeling good too. John, how you living, my friend? I'm great. I'm just wondering if there was a trade deadline because I hadn't noticed. Oh, man, the Laker resident. I know, that's pain. Sammy, how you living, my friend? And trade deadline day, Super Bowl week. I'm doing good. Yeah, definitely. Can't wait to hear about diagnosing the lines later. But first, we got to talk about the blockbuster trade between the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers. The Nets get Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, two first-round picks. Also, the 76ers get James Harden and Paul Millsap in exchange. This is absolutely crazy. Everyone had talked about this happening. It finally did happen. I want to start with the Nets side here. What did you guys think of the Nets get in this trade? Can we just get a round of applause for Ben Simmons? And yeah. anybody associated with Ben Simmons? Because it worked for a moment there. I thought we were not going to see him play for another year or two, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And I hope that he gets over his mental block. He just goes back to playing basketball and he does it freely and just without thinking too much. He's such a he's such a talent and I think we could all agree with it. I don't know, maybe JJ doesn't agree with it, but <laughs> outside of his inability to shoot the ball and score well, he does almost everything else. And he's such an intangible and I love it for the Nets because one thing that they don't need, they didn't need, it was obviously a luxury, is shooting or scoring. And James Harden is the epitome of that. What they did need, or do need now, is defense. Somebody that can facilitate to Kevin Durant and Kyrie, who are clearly shoot-first players. And I feel like it's going to be a great fit. Obviously, I think it'll take a little bit of time, but I think once they get into their groove, I would say the Nets just jump right back up into contention. I know that they lost nine in a row. Ooh, okay. But I think they're going to be a top team in the East and good challenge for a title. Add in Seth Curry, who I, who obviously is a great role player. He's not like his brother, obviously. And then they got two first-round picks on top of that, 2022 and 2023 unprotected. So for me, I think it's a great trade for the Nets, and I hope it'll be it'll be exciting to see them with this team because I think that it, they they're so much more dynamic now. What do you guys think? Oh my goodness! I love this trade for the Nets. I absolutely love this trade for the Nets. I I think that the reputation of Harden is better than the player now, frankly. I think his contract is going to be an albatross in a couple years. And like you were saying, John, Simmons fits what they need more than the duplication that they had. This team needed a big guy who could play D, and I know Simmons in theory is a point guard, but he's also 6'10", and he's one of the best defensive players in the league. He'll fit them so well. He's also seven years younger than Harden. And on a team where Durant is getting a little bit older and clearly is going to get hurt every now and again, having some younger blood in there who, in theory, isn't going to get hurt as much is going to be huge for them over the next few years. 
now that I believe Simmons' contract is almost the same length as Durant's, which is another key practice to this because Kyrie's contract is also up, and who knows which way that's going right. to go. So that's another part of it. And I just great point. Yeah, I just I think that Simmons fits this team really well overall. And if he can get ramped up and Durant is back on time, those are obviously two huge ifs. I just think this team fits so much better together now in terms of what they do. I actually like them to make the finals out of the East at minimum if everyone stays healthy going Ooh. forward. I really like this trade for them. Wow, even before Durant. we jump to JJ, so even with Kyrie's unpredictable future you still think that sammy because i i still think it i i do i know it's a big question mark and it's not easy missing games especially come playoff time but i just i don't know i think they're gonna somehow make it work would you agree i do because the thing with simmons too is i'm curious to see him not as the primary initiator of offense which he won't be most of the time, but when Kyrie is out, he can still play that role so that Durant isn't carrying the whole load. And having shooting right. around him, obviously, like we've talked about, is essential. You wonder if Drummond is going to be the starting center, which they needed a big. I think that part of this was underrated. Or if they're going to run Aldridge with Simmons just to keep a lot of shooters in the lineup around him. So I just I think this gives them so much more flexibility than they had, and that's why I like it so much for them. So I'm going to come at you guys with a different lens about this and I hate to cry about you know due to spilled beer I think it's the quote right but there are a few questions that I asked myself that I wanted to ask the four gentlemen here including RJ and these questions are the following which is one would this happen if Kyrie just took the damn shot <laughs> the vaccine that's that's number one it's just like all this drama yeah it's if he just took the vaccine would all of this happen out of these and you think about you think about katie getting injured and you're like would this have happened if katie didn't get injured bad timing and one of the other questions and i think this is how i'll end it which is is this the biggest NBA bust ever? I know the Lakers with Carmelone, GP, and that era could compete for that for a bust, but guys, you have arguably top 15 players, two MVPs. They play for Brooklyn, a city that people want to go to. It's New York. Yeah. I mean, are those valid questions? I want to hear Jude's those are valid thought, questions. thoughts on this. Yeah, I do too. I've made a huge mistake. So it, it's definitely a bust. It sucks that we had, you know, these three, the big three, or two and a half, <laughs> um, <laughs> together. And we only saw them play for like, what, 16, 15, 16, 16 games? games? They were 13 and 3. That's absolutely games. ridiculous, right? That is one of the biggest what-ifs in NBA history. It has to be, right? And I know that a lot of people are saying that, but, I mean, reflect about another time that you had, you know, a shot creator like Kyrie. You had an all-time, like, free-throw attempt person like James Harden. Or a really tall, freakish athlete who's literally could be the best player in the league right now if he was healthy in Kevin Durant. That situation does not come along 
all the time, or really ever. And you just have to think, like, 16 games? That's crazy. But I will say this. Oh, go, go ahead, go ahead, I, before I move on. Just real quick. Well, uh, I, I just want to, well, to answer your question, JJ, it, to me, it's, do I think it would have changed things if Kyrie were to become vaccinated and be able to play in home games? Yeah, I do. I think it would have made a difference. Now, do I think it should have made a difference? No, because I don't think that at the first sign of controversy or an issue or problems, and I know this is the new NBA, but that's kind of weak, in my opinion, for James Harden to just want to bounce at the first, yeah, sign, of, sure, at the first sign of trouble. I, albeit, it's very unprecedented, and it's something that's kind of a big deal. But at the same time, they've only been together for one year, that one year they were really close to making the Eastern Conference Finals where they probably would have wiped the Hawks, if we're being honest. And then a yeah. good chance they would have beaten the Suns, even without Kyrie. And Kyrie probably would maybe would have been able to come back in the finals, oh, assuming they made it. So for James Harden to just bounce like that, it's it's pretty weak to me. And I think JJ, you feel the same way, but it's just it's the new NBA, right? When guys aren't happy, when things don't go their way, they first sign, they just want to bounce. It's the new NBA, but I think Harden's a really extreme example of it. I mean, there's been certain players, Dwight Howard comes as an example, that have been called like locker room killers or said that they can't play with other stars. Look at Harden's history now. Like, I don't fault him for leaving OKC yeah. for Houston. That was OKC's fault at the time. But Houston, Dwight Howard didn't work. Chris Paul didn't work. Russell Westbrook didn't work. Then he came over to Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Brooklyn, he was there for one year. And you're with... I mean, arguably the best player on the planet. And yeah. that didn't work for you after a year either. I mean, so... Fair point. Yeah, it is it is the new NBA. I agree with you. Players, it's called player empowerment in some regard. In another way, it might be called players wanting to leave as soon as they see so-called greener pastures. But I think Harden's on the really extreme end of that. And I know, uh, Ro, you had a couple points you want to make too, but I also have a tangent on this, but I'll let you go ahead first. Or actually, I, I want to throw it back to JJ. Did you, did you have something more to add to that? I think I just wanted to conclude my take on the Nets with the following, which is chemistry is underrated. Yep. Yes. Once again, chemistry is underrated. It's a measurement that you can't really measure. Maybe through yeah. assists, maybe through plus and minus. But we've seen, as we've all like witnessed throughout the years, that when people are unhappy, it ruins the locker room. And when it ruins the locker room, doesn't matter who's playing on the court because it affects your gameplay. Right. Absolutely. I'm going to say one more thing about this. These are all probably Hall of Fame players, all NBA players. It's also kind of funny that they have one dude that's like all NBA weird. First team weird <laughs> in Kyrie Irving. <laughs> mm -hmm. We have first team sensitive in Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. And then first team fickle. And they were all put together on the same team. And that's the way that they're going to be remembered. Right. And that's absolutely nuts. I'm going to give you guys one more little nugget here. The Athletic put out a report about James Harden and Kyrie Irving. I don't know if you guys read this, but 
Apparently, on January 17th, Kyrie Irving, or the Nets were playing the, the, the Cavs, and Kyrie Irving, he set, some, he set some sage on fire in the Cavs locker room. <laughs> and it was because he, he doesn't usually do this, apparently, but he just still feels haunted by the past of, of the Cavs. And I guess, according to sources who were when, like, in the room while it happened, Harden was like in front of his locker, staring at Kyrie like he had three heads. Boy, have you lost your mind? Like I'll he was just absolutely it. out of his mind weird. So that sort of paints the picture. I mean, JJ, if we, you know, we brought Sammy on later on. If Sammy started to do something along those lines before every single pod, like maybe he'd had like some sort of weird ritual where he would like, I don't know, remove his shirt, do a dance. What? He does that would anyway, you... but go ahead. You don't see what goes on 10 minutes before we all join the pod. <laughs> no, that's true. That's absolutely true. I'm going to move on from this. Okay, the 76ers side here. So the 76ers get James Harden and Paul Millsap. What do you guys think of their get on this trade? Well, clearly Maury's infatuated with Harden, right? We all agree about that. They're like... Mm-hmm. best buddies apparently I like you kindred yeah. spirits so for the for the next two years I could see it making sense as long as that offense still runs through Embiid Embiid needs to be the center of that team Harden can't play like Houston James Harden and to his credit as much as I was kind of bashing him earlier when he first got to Brooklyn last year he did adapt really well and we forget that because that team got hurt so quickly but he kind of shifted roles. He became more of a distributor. He played a little more off Durant and they were really successful. Obviously it was a really short time. So I think that needs to be a consistent method that he brings over to Philly. We will see if he's a lot more motivated. We saw what he did to get out of Houston. That was kind of infamous where it was like his feet weren't stone. He stopped playing D and threw passes to John Wall that landed in the stands. All of a sudden his hand was strained and his hamstring was tight and lord knows what else and he was missing games left and right the last few i expect that we see him come in a lot more motivated in the short term the next year or two i get it i think given the fact that it was clear how bad he wanted to get out i know compared to what brooklyn traded to get him it seems like they traded less but i do think they over they paid more than i thought they would frankly. Three years from now, I hate this trade for them. And I know the NBA is a win right now league, but three years from now, when he's making $55, $60 million when he's 38, I absolutely hate this trade for them. Yeah, it's a short-term trade, like Sammy said. Absolutely. It's a win now, do not trust the process type of trade. (laughs) Because... Harden is getting paid 44, just over $44 million this year. He's getting paid over $47 million next year. The following year, he's an an unrestricted free agent. Now, the key here is that the Sixers currently are 32 and 22. They are fifth in the Eastern Conference, and they did this all without Ben Simmons. They did it with Joel Embiid playing at an MVP caliber level, level. Tobias Harris. They did it. It was Seth Curry was a big part of that. And some of their role players. But you add James Harden to the mix to a team that's already 32, 10 games above 500, 
and you catapult yourself, assuming things work out and they don't they don't have big, you know, arguments or they clash or it just goes terribly, terribly wrong. <clears throat> Lakers, as an example. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. But it's a win now thing. And if the 76ers don't win in the next year or two, it's a big failure because it straps them in long term. And no one's going to want Harden at age 34, 35. What are they um, for that much money he's going to demand? So hopefully it works out for the 76ers. They better win in the next year or two, like I said. Can I make one? Clash of oh, styles. Sorry, for sure. Go ahead, oh, Tim. I was just going to make one other point about what you said with their record this year. And this is the part I don't think is discussed enough when it comes to Harden. Obviously, with Simmons, the last image that we have of him is Atlanta not dunking in the lane and that picture of him being afraid in that moment, right? Which is completely justified. And it's something that hopefully he worked through over the last six months or whatever the case has been, right? What do we know of, of James Harden as a playoff performer? We know that he's not very good when it's the most important moment. It's documented. Like, he does not have a clutch playoff moment. He's only done well in the playoffs either in the first round or when his team has been down 3-0 or 3-1. And Sammy, add that he has Doc Rivers. <laughs> oh, God. It's like he's some sort of, of super mutant playoff performance. You lose! He's one, of the, he's one of the top 15 greatest coaches of all time, according to... Was that Sports <laughs> Illustrated or the Onion? Or the Onion? I don't remember which article that was. I think that was a typo. In this case, it was both. Um, <laughs> but I just wanted to put that out there. I don't think that's talked about enough. When they come to the playoffs, what, what says that this version of James Harden, who is still very effective but has lost a step, obviously, is going to be a better playoff performer than MVP James Harden from Houston? So that's the other thing for me at, that... I just don't think it's getting talked about enough here. Right. So anyway, I'll, JJ, go for it. I just wanted to chime in on that because you mentioned the record, and I just felt like that was yeah. a good point to discuss. Well, what else is not being talked about is that James Harden's still injured, so then they're not going to be able to see the chemistry until three or four more weeks. And they don't even have Curry. Injured. Right? Injured. I'm curious yeah. to see injured. how injured he is, but I, I completely so, get the point. Yeah, and you have a clash of styles within their offense where you have James Harden, who's known for the pick and roll, and Embiid, who has his back to the basket. So, can Doc Rivers get these two to work together? And Sammy, I know you brought the point that Harden and Doc haven't really proved it to us. Let me flip the script on you guys. Neither has Embiid. Yes, sir. I'm going to argue that Embiid True. had a better roster, and people often forget this, with Redick and Jimmy oh, Butler. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that roster was a lot com- a lot more complete than what they have now. Well, they ha- they still they also had Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons, so they had a they kind of had a big four. If you, yeah. count, if you count if you count Tobias Harris, that was a great spot. Yeah, that was a stacked squad. They still couldn't get it done. Well, Kawhi had his insane. That was the shot, right? Yeah, corner shot. That was yeah. the shot. Yeah. 
Dan yeah. Kawhi. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Kawhi! And you know, I guess my other thing overall that I just didn't like about this for Philly, and I know I'm piling on it, but I just, this is just how I feel, is just the pieces that they gave to the Nets. The complimentary pieces. Obviously, Simmons is the main guy, but Drummond and Curry and those picks, which obviously are not going to be used this year, but our sweeteners down the line. They just strengthened in all the spots they needed it. One of their primary, most likely three major competitors for the East, going with Chicago, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and then, well, this, I'm not even also bringing up uh, Miami. It's a really stacked mm-hmm. five, and Brooklyn was the one that always scared me the most because they have the best player of that group. And I feel like they strengthened Brooklyn so much with this trade that they might have just created another obstacle that wasn't there before. I've made a huge mistake. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Should we um, should we go through the grades? I think we forgot to give them grades. Maybe we just go the assemb- through the assembly yeah. line and give them give our grades. What do you guys think? Who who won? I'm gonna, I'll start. I'm going to give the Nets an A-. I'm going to give the 76ers a B-. minus. Okay. JJ. I'm going to give the Nets a B and the 76ers a B. Even. I think it's even. I will give the Nets an A-. minus. Even only because of a little bit of sunk cost fallacy because of how fast this imploded. Uh, I will give them the Sixers a C plus. You know, I'm, I'm interested to hear, hear JJ's here. Why do you think it's even? Okay. One, the Nets are better through chemistry and they picked up a perimeter defender that could guard all five positions. So on the And with offense, pick and roll with Kyrie and KD just seems very nice. But it wasn't the best player in the trade. Got it. On the other hand, with the 76ers, who were in the trade talks? You had CJ McCollum. You had Sabonis. They, they arguably got the best player that they could get for a void with Simmons. Yeah, that Parker. is true. So. Absolutely true. That's why that I think... The 76ers actually did a pretty good job, even though I know that James Harden is in the decline. I know that his mind is very fickle. I mean, I know that he opted in for $47.3 million and he's going to get paid, you know, three years from now, possibly by the 76ers. But it could be possible that he just says, I don't want to be here anymore either next year. So who knows? We're going to move on. Hold up. The moment we've all been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code TBPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 or older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for the full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Redline 1-888-532-3500. 
1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, which is 467-369. To the next trade here, the Pelicans acquire CJ McCollum, Larry Nance, and Tony Snell. Four, Josh Hart, Thomas Sadaransky, Nikhil Walker, Alexander, Didi Luzada, and a 2022 first round pick and two second round picks, thus ending the Dame and CJ pairing. We have to start with Portland here, guys. What did you guys think of Portland's get here? Oh, boy. <laughs> let's, let's go to JJ. Oh, let's go to JJ. Boy. Let's go to the one that loves Dame. Yeah, please. Oh, man. Um, breakups are hard, guys. And we just witnessed the breakup of CJ and Dame. No, God, please, my, no, my no! main thought, and I hate to say this, because here we go, I love Dame, is way too late, man. Way too late. You traded CJ when you could have got more value with him years ago. Yeah. The, the Blazers, for nine years, kept on banking and banking and banking on this duo, but... We've all talked about it on this pod. What do you need to win for a championship? A top five defense. And in the West, who historically has had crazy backcourts with talent, you at least need to have a perimeter defender. And those two, even though, you know, on paper, you're like, oh, you have a sharpshooter. You have someone that could hit the mid-range. They didn't really compliment with each other. I don't know if that's Stotts' fault or that was the chemistry between those two. What do you guys think about that? Like, did you think that this was a little too late? Definitely. Uh, and in terms of the way they played off each other, offensively they were great, but fundamentally I think the type of players they are, they're both they're both small in terms of being perimeter yep. defenders. And just their games, they're both weak defenders as it is so I don't think that's something that coaching could fix and that was the flaw and so you look at the return and I liked it a lot more yesterday before for whatever reason they traded the one prospect that had some potential in this group uh, Alexander Walker Walker uh, yeah Yeah. (laughs) why they traded him made zero sense to me because then you could at least (laughs) say you've got a rookie Got some potential. Let him get some run as a third guard this year. See what you've got there. And then they turned around and flipped him to Portland for, I believe, a second-round pick. Or, excuse me, they flipped him to Utah for the the, like a second-round pick, I think. And Ingles, for who's Ingles. expiring and obviously hurt. Mm-hmm. He's, he's just going to fly into Portland for like a physical. Yeah, and that's, exactly. That's it. And that's Josh Hart, I yeah. like if he's on a playoff team in a specific role. But here, he was clearly just to fill salary. So it feels like they basically traded him for three seconds and a first in hindsight after rerouting uh, Alexander Walker. So, yeah. I But to answer your initial question, Jay, yeah, this, this to me was about two years too late. I don't know how anybody could look at this. I know, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Portland man- management said that 
now they can finally build a team around Dame. They can focus on building a team around Dame. And I don't know what part of this trade signals that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're trying to flip these guys, package them. Maybe that pick, the Pelicans lose. It's fair. Don't make the playoffs, and they do get that high draft pick. But I just it's just hard to align with what Portland says, the executives and the general manager, of trying to build around Dame. I know that CJ McCollum, like you guys said, the trade was a long time coming. Should have been a, a while ago when he had way more value and was playing much better and wasn't injured. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously on the decline, at least physically. So to me, unless Portland can build up these guys, like you said, NWA, Walker Alexander, he's kind of a prospect. And if he can ball out, he could use him as a trade piece, dangle him. Well, remember, he's but gone. I think Port- oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Oh, he got, he got, re- he got rerouted. That's he got right. rerouted. Right. He's in Utah now. Yes. My fault. So yeah, now... Actually, I- that makes it even worse I have a funny question, now. John. Yeah, what's up? This, this is for June. But, you know, we've all visited Portland. There's cap room, right? They have about 60 million. And the front office, they're like, yeah, we got cap room. We're going to have people that want to come to Portland. But our host here, <laughs> fellas, he actually moved away from Portland. That's true. So tell, true. tell the listeners. But he still loves Portland. Why, yeah. Well, I'll let him I decide. Do. I'll let... You argue for Portland right now. Portland listeners, host. please disregard what JJ is saying. We all <laughs> love Portland. <laughs> I what, love Portland. What's the selling point to go to Portland? I absolutely love Portland. If if you are a guy that likes beer, if you like going out, yes, coffee. Hiking. If you like, yes, nature. Nature is always good there. Um, if you like basically anything that a young athlete wouldn't like really it's a great place to be <laughs> what but if you're a young athlete man t- portland i'm sorry it's not one of the top spots oh. even though you have the most something per capita i'll let you guys google what that something is oh we know james even harden though that even though that's there it has to do with chicken wings absolutely yes or steak bites thing is is that players don't want to come there when they're free agents that's just that's just a fact it's a fact we've seen it over and over and over and this is where the ball is in dame's hands right can dame finally recruit somebody to come to portland because we've seen crazier things right i mean what happened with with paul george he went to okc to play with russell westbrook that doesn't mean that dame can't do the same right if he puts on his suit and goes to business and goes to work and starts recruiting hardcore thing is is that he's not that guy though he's not he's not that guy guy. i mean if you just look at dame and his personality his demeanor he's very proud he's very yes sir i want to do it my way i want to be able to take this team carry them on my back and in today's nba you need to put that aside humble yourself and ask for help but dame is not he's not built like that so it's hard for me to imagine right can you guys imagine him like asking a star to come to portland oh man i need you so bad when you can win this together i just don't see it yeah is that a strength or a weakness 
bless a little bit yeah, of yeah a little bit of both blessing and a curse yeah can I give you my my theory on on this actually do it so like you were saying Jay the big thing is they cleaned that cap sheet completely and so Simons mm -hmm. is an RFA they're clearly gonna max him out and keep him right or they're gonna yep. do whatever they can to keep him but the way Absolutely. that salary cap gymnastics work in the league you can go over the cap to resign your own players, right? So if you're in free agency, transactionally, you go sign your external guys first and then resign all your own players, which is why during the moratorium and in the beginning of the offseason, you always see these guys have agreed, not signed, because it's understood that they're going to sign their deals after the team makes the rest of their transactions. I think they decided that they're going to arm themselves with as many picks as possible knowing that most players will not come and sign there. I think they're going to look for disgruntled stars and they'll be able to take them into their cap space without returning anything and just trade picks. And so I think that's sure. what they're shooting for this summer. You mentioned disgruntled stars. I'm pretty sure LeBron James will be disgruntled after this year. So see, maybe the Beal <laughs> Dame thing, or excuse me, the LeBron Dame thing will happen, just not in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> but wow, I, I wow. think that's that's part of the theory. I think they're gonna they're gonna look to make trades, and if they sign guys, it'll be mid level. I also couldn't imagine though that they did all this without consulting with Dame. I feel like he knows. Yeah, I think that he signed off on he these knows. deals, and maybe he gave them a timeline to build around him. And if nothing happens, then not this offseason, now the following, then you might see his exits out of Portland too. Yeah, Portland is gonna be interesting in like a probably two years but right now like I'm not who's gonna turn up the TV on and watch Josh Hart and Didi Luzada and I don't know Yusuf Nurkic JJ will not a lot of people Ouch. maybe JJ Ouch. maybe JJ let's go to the new the New Orleans Pelican side who got CJ McCollum Larry Nance and Tony Snell do we like this for New Orleans <laughs> I'm sorry guys when you uh, when you say <laughs> no no when you said Tony Snell I just has anybody seen the meme? Yes. At least on Instagram. The statue. About the stat line, the 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, yeah. 28 minutes. Yeah. I'm sorry, Tony Snow and all your fans. All two of them. I apologize. But, sorry, go ahead. That was just my, my first thought. Who wants to go first here? Um, I can start us off. Uh, I like this trade more for both teams yesterday because we found out Nance is out for another six weeks. I personally am a big Larry Nance guy. I think he's one of those guys that can do anything on the right squad. This, to me, though, when it comes to New Orleans, McCollum's a solid player. We've talked about him. But based on the cost of his contract and where New Orleans at as a squad, it feels desperate to me. I don't think yep. they gave up a ton outside of uh, Alexander Walker. I think that was the biggest piece they obviously gave up here. Outside of that, it was mostly making the contracts work and a protected pick. It wasn't a huge cost, but the cap space costs like New Orleans, like Portland, is not a destination franchise, right? They're one that's going to make the trade right. for their for their star, and this is who they've hitched their wagon to because McCollum was under contract for a couple years. So now let's say everything goes perfectly for this team the next few years. Zion comes back in shape, his foot's perfect, he becomes what he can. Ingram's there. With McCollum, this is a question for all of you. What's the ceiling of that team now? Uh, not a championship team, but they could probably make some noise depending on the role players. Second they round? Made. And maybe. 
Yeah, I, I think, like you said, it's contingent on the what happens to the Zion, right? And if it can come back, otherwise, it's just a trade that makes them competitive in the Western Conference for a playoff spot. But without that's without Zion. Okay. Jay. Oh, I would say second round tops, but I've been surprised. Look at Memphis. True. Who would have thought, right? It's the the wild card is Zion, right. and from the rumors and what's logical is that he will resign because he's gonna get paid. Yeah. Even though his body language says differently, even though his actions say differently, logically you would think like, yeah, you gotta you gotta resign with New Orleans, but doesn't look good. It just seems crazy, right? Like you're going for CJ McCollum. It's like this player that people don't really want. Um, we know what he is. You you mentioned his high contract, so it's now like, hey, let's get this group of people together and rack tag group together and hopefully they can mesh well and I don't really buy that mm. yeah I'm, I'm sort of confused by everything as well I mean CG McCollum undersized guard fringe all-star often injured it almost makes me think that he's not the final move here that maybe like CG McCollum will be packing his bags in like a year interesting in another trade because his money does make a lot of things work. Wow, um, Mr. Manager. I, I think this might be a move before the other move. But I do like the Larry Nance get. I think he, he fits in a lot of systems. For some reason, we just never saw it. We never saw the fruits in Portland for Larry Nance. Like, it just didn't seem like he could catch his rhythm there. But I think in New Orleans, he will. Um, they got a lot of length now with Larry Nance and Ingram with Zion and Valanchunas, right? Good point. So that's that's actually really, really appealing. And now if they could couple that with maybe CJ McCollum plays point guard here. I think that's Call me the crazy. Plan. I think I it actually happen, think that's right? what they're gonna do with him. I think they're putting him in as as the point guard on this team. So that's gonna be a super interesting team. I just I can't see it just yet, but I'm definitely gonna be watching. Our next trade. Should we do the grades? Oh yeah, let's do the grades. Yeah. Do the grades. All right. Uh let's start with Sammy. Because of the trade of Alexander Walker, I'm going to give Portland a C on this. I give New Orleans a B minus. John? Well, I'm basing it on current, like how it affects them currently, not looking to the future. So based on that, I'm going to give Portland a D. D for Dame. <laughs> That's generous. Yeah, for Dame. <laughs> and I love the that. New Orleans Pelicans, I'll give them a C. Great, great minds think alike, John. I went Portland D, D minus, just because wow. I don't think anyone's gonna go to Portland. They have a new, they have a new coach. They don't know if they're gonna sell the team. New GM. New GM, and Dame is getting older. So, it like what you said, off what they're about to do or currently performing at, it's a D minus at New Orleans. I'll give it a C just because they bought some time with Zion, but yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird. My grades are exactly as as John and uh, and JJ here. Uh, I'm gonna take us to our next one here. So 
the Sacramento Kings and the Indiana Pacers have a trade. They're sending... Sacramento gets Sabonis, Jeremy Land, Justin Holiday, and a 2027 second round pick. Indiana gets Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. You're fired. And in case let's start with Sacramento are... here. I know we, we all want to get to Indiana, but let's start with Sacramento. Um, what do you guys think of the straight? Go ahead, John. I know you've been, like I said in the last pod, you've been punching this bag for decades. And I would love to. <laughs> That's true. You, I know you're smiling. The cow, the cowbells <laughs> may stop ringing at some point. Now, I mean, this. Uh, I think we can all agree this trade came out of left field. I don't think anybody was uh -huh. expecting this at all. Well, for Sacramento, I mean, they really haven't had a a decent or a, a game-changing big in a while right and brad miller doesn't count True. guys boogie. boogie oh boogie i'm sorry you're right boogie but i mean did he did he, he didn't really do much with the kings right i'm, ta I'm talking in terms of like True. winning he obviously put up major stats and he was a star a star at the time but i'm thinking like in terms of, of making an impact on a team i feel like sabonis is kind of that guy but I just don't know. He needs more pieces around him. And it's interesting to me because De'Aaron Fox is still on the team. I know he had, he's had a rough year. But it's it, it'll be interesting to see him with a big like Sabonis where they can do a lot of pick and roll. Sabonis is such a versatile big. He can do almost anything offensively. He's also a great rebounder. So this it's interesting. I mean, Sacramento might end up being really good from this trade. To me, it's, it's, it's really hard to say. Jeremy Lamb. He's a decent role player. I like Justin Holiday. I think all of the Holiday brothers, they're they're good. And then they also got a second round pick out of it. For so for me, Sacramento, I know they you know they they haven't been performing well. And I know we're gonna get to Indiana because I don't want to talk about it because that's kind of the big topic here. But for Sacramento, I feel like they wanted to make a change and you know, what 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 would it hurt, I guess, because they weren't really doing anything this year anyway. So It'll be interesting to see. I I gotta go contrary on this. I I love Sabonis. You have all heard me talk about how much I think he's underrated. I hate 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 this trade for Sacramento. I think Halliburton was under a rookie deal, amazing potential relative to the players they've had there, making five six million dollars a year. And here's the kicker with him that we just talked about with Portland. He wanted to be there. He said he wanted to be the player that changed the culture of the Kings. You finally have a guy who says that, and that's the player you trade? Under a rookie Weird. deal, wants to be there, has shown all the potential to maybe not be the number one on a title team, but possibly be the number two. And now what you've also done by trading him is you have now capped your team. Fox makes $30 million a year. Sabonis is under a larger contract as well. This is your team now. And in addition to that, you kept Holmes, who's another big, when we just saw Sabonis and Turner in Indiana did not work together. That's so, true. The roster construction makes no sense to me. Trading Halliburton is, I think they're gonna regret that one for years. 
And for Sabonis, I wanted to see him on a contending or a playoff team so badly. And he went from Indiana to Sacramento. That kills me, <laughs> just as a fan of wanting to watch yeah. the guy play nationally every so often. And obviously that is not something that I would downgrade Sacramento for. I just, I hated this trade for them. I thought it was terrible. I mean, you hear all the points. It, for Sabonis, you're in Sacramento, man. You're going to be the afterthought. We're in the East. Yeah. It was pretty easy to make the All-Star games, but I don't think in the West you have a chance now. And now that the Kings, they're banking on Sabonis and Darren Fox, and it's the Kings, oh my gosh. Another decade of John punching this bag again, guys. Holla, holla. <laughs> I know, <seriously. laughs> Like, straight up, that's, that's what I have to say. Like, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. And I- I'm going to say this. When you see what Sacramento gave up, I guess they could have done a lot worse, right? They could have done a lot worse. Because Sabonis is definitely a very talented player. I just don't know if he could be the number one player on a championship team. And that's sort of what I feel like the person that they gave up could have possibly been if you surrounded him with the right pieces. And let's talk about this. Indiana, they get Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Tristan Thompson. What do, you, what do we think about the Indiana side here? They're the clear winners for the fact yeah. that what Sammy said that they got Halliburton. Yeah. yeah. And and their roster construction makes a lot more sense now. Like We heard them talking about trading Turner for weeks, and it came out as soon as they traded Sabonis. Turner gets to slide into his natural position. Turner was throwing a party. Yeah, Turner was so happy about this. <laughs> Uh, Brogdon, because of his new contract, there was a kicker in it where it was going to be difficult to trade him right now. I would look for Brogdon to get traded in the summer. And his contract still has some value. He's an effective player. He just gets hurt a lot. So I would look for them to trade him. They have healed now. They can see what they've gotten him if he's a positive or negative asset. He clearly has been coasting in Sacramento the last few years. But they, I think they reshaped their roster. They potentially opened up their own side of cap room to, to make additional trades and deals. I know they made some other deals today as well. I just, I think they potentially found the guy to build that team around. And so you you have to make them the winner in this as far as I'm concerned. So I'll play contrarian to this because look, I like Tyrese Halliburton. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a good player, but I feel like the jury, one, the jury's still out on him. And two, if we're looking at his stats here, he's putting up 14 points a game. He's shooting 45, 46% from the field. Not bad, not great. 41 from three, which is really good. Four rebounds and seven assists. I know he's 21 years old. I know that he can improve. Those are good numbers, but I feel like to label him a star in the future is a little, maybe a little premature in my opinion. When you have Sabonis, I know he's a proven star. Yeah, it may not be a great fit in Sacramento. I'm just saying it could be. We just don't know. There are a lot of things that and that happen in the NBA where we say that's a terrible fit. They end up end up ends up working out. Obviously, we all thought Westbrook. At least I didn't. But you guys thought Westbrook wasn't going to work, <laughs> and you were right. I was clearly wrong. But there are some things like LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, but that worked out. There are mixes and matches, in my opinion. Some of them don't work out. Some of them do. So, to me, I feel like 
it's more of a lateral move. I don't think it's one big winner on one end or the other. And we'll see how it goes out. I mean, both teams were doing poorly. So, it's, like June, bro, like you said, I don't think it's that uneven of a trade, in my opinion. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that really bothers me, though, is that Indiana, or sorry, Sacramento was one of the top teams to possibly get Ben Simmons, right? And what did they say over and over and over? You can't get Tyrese Halliburton. There is no way you're gonna get Tyrese Halliburton. Is it better that they got Sabonis? Or would it have been better if they got Ben Simmons? Hmm. What do you guys think? It's hard to say. Only because... We haven't seen Ben Simmons in a while? <laughs> yeah, among other things. And just because we do need to see the finished product, I guess, of the roster. Yeah, true. Well, based on fit, but, like, if you're just looking at it on paper, I don't think that... I mean, De'Aaron Fox is a guy who has the ball in his hand a lot. He's a facilitator, and he's most effective when he has the ball. So to put ben, pair Ben Simmons with him, assuming that was the trade still, would be weird to me. Like, obviously, it could work, but I just don't see that as a... It would be a, a good fit on paper. Yeah, true. That's absolutely true. And you know, guys, I'm actually going to, we have more trades to talk about, but I'm going to cut it off now. I know we we were going to talk about Christophe Porzingis and Spencer Dinwiddie, <laughs> but I think that's all we have time for today's episode of The Clinic. I want to thank you three for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Hey, thank you, listeners. Appreciate you all. John, thank you. Thank you, and shout out to the Lakers who forgot the tread deadline was 3 p.m. Eastern today. <laughs> and Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Thank you. And the moral of the story is, based on what happened with the Lakers and with the Nets, players, you are not GMs. Stop making trades. Thanks. Preach. <laughs> there you go. Why don't you plug uh, diagnosing the lines real quick, Sammy? Absolutely. Uh, so we are going to drop our Super Bowl episode here in the next day or two. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, made, some, made some picks here using DraftKings is awesome same game parlay so hope you all check that out and enjoy it thanks remember to rate subscribe and review like us on our Facebook group page the Clinic All NBA podcast and follow on Twitter at Clinic All NBA I'm Rosa Panta this is the Clinic All NBA podcast come find us wherever you get your podcasts <laughs>